This is Game Design Unboxed, inspiration to publication on the No Direction Network. Danielle, Denise, and Ben interview tabletop designers on the games they've made. Together, they unbox how a game went from inspiration to publication. Thank you for joining me, Danielle and Ben, for Game Design Unboxed, Inspiration to Publication, Episode 3, Tattoo Stories. Today, we are joined by Eric Slauson, designer of Tattoo Stories by Bicycle Games, as well as Nerd Words Science by Genius Games and Monstrosity by Deepwater Games, and many more upcoming designs. Eric is an amazing designer that has added a lot to the category of party games this year. Eric, welcome to the show. Hello. Oh my gosh. Thank you for the introduction. (laughs) You're so very welcome. So just to start off, I would love for you to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into game design and then a quick overview of what is Tattoo Stories for anyone who has not played or heard of the game. Sure. Uh, so aside from kind of what you mentioned in the in the um, introduction, I uh, am a, a high school teacher, a, a former middle school teacher. Um, I've kind of spent my whole life in the kind of creative uh, fields and, you know, loving reading and writing and, and film and, and graphic novels and, and traditional art. And um, I a short stint in graffiti, all kinds of stuff, Danielle. <laughs> um, uh, that's a whole other, that's a whole other podcast. Was it legal? <laughs> it, was it, it was, yeah, it was a, a garage graffiti. Uh, okay. I was, you know, was, I didn't do it under any uh, overpasses or anything, but, um, that we uh, know of. You didn't that get you caught. know of. That you know of. Yeah, I'm definitely not Banksy. Uh, if that's what you're, if that's what you're wondering. It's um, not. But thank you for clarifying. <laughs> so yeah, art has always really been really important to me in, in creating. And um, I started uh, playing board games in in college, mostly party games. And then after graduation, I uh, started playing some more um, kind of. Uh, exploring deeper into the hobby um, with uh, some some more kind of non-traditional games like uh, Escape Curse of the Temple, um, you know, these timed games, cooperative games, things that, you know, you you hadn't experienced if you just grew up playing Scrabble um, or, or, you know, Risk or something like that. And uh, so being exposed to those like really um, – genre bending games um you know happy salmon and and other things like that really inspired me to try to um uh, make my own games and, and make my own types of experiences um and that's what i've been doing is is making some uh some some weird stuff some things that um you know i kind of don't see a lot of in the in the in the space and and trying to make games for maybe some interests that are underserved or some themes that are underserved uh, while also kind of providing some some experiences that are unique because they maybe uh, get you to think in a different way or maybe challenge your challenge your uh, uh, abilities in, in a different way so. No, I definitely like the fact that you're going at these themes that may not be used because I love that. And I know it's always hit or miss, especially when you're starting to pitch to publishers. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, no one's going to buy this theme. But it's like that. That's why they're going to. That's why Wingspan is so big. It was this theme we weren't really seeing that often. Exactly. It got people's attention. Yeah, you, I mean, you have um, things like abandon all artichokes, also, which is like you know just very a very specific you know vegetable, um, and uh, but yeah, it, you know, people people really you know latched onto it just because you know the the, the quirk and the um, 
you know, and, and you know, once you have them with the with the uh, the theme, then you, you grab them with the the gameplay. So, um, but yeah, it's you know, the, speaking with with tattoo stories, when I started researching uh, uh, for the game, and it's a it's a game where you're a party game where you're designing tattoos for each other. Um, basically, one person is a customer, and they uh, draw five cards that is basically the challenge for the other players. They have to uh, combine all five of those elements into one cohesive design. So you get these ridiculous amalgamations of teddy bears covered in flaming chains, you know, on top of a pile of nachos with a, you know, a crescent moon in the background or (laughs) whatever. Uh, So um, when I started researching for that, that game, um, I could only find like two tattoo games um, and they were uh, both like strategy kind of things. There wasn't anything that I could find that really was about uh, celebrating the art form and celebrating the creativity and celebrating um, the personalization of, of a tattoo, you know, like uh, when you go get a tattoo, it's something that you love, obviously, or <laughs> hopefully. I mean, hopefully, hopefully. You have that on your body for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I really wanted to, to make a game that uh, was for that community for the tattoo community um and for people who you know are just familiar with 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 tattoos and with with the art form so um kind of from the outset it's uh i tend to make games one of my one of my goals is i i have like a community that i'm designing it for like it's like a love letter to that community um but it should also be really fun for anybody who happens to be walking by the table it's kind of like you know you don't have to be mega into that thing to to have fun with it um but if you are hopefully you've seen that I've kind of taken care to research it or um, that I am also very passionate about it. Man, before I jump here, uh, jump in here, I have two things to say is that one, I would love a teddy bear tattoo with flaming chains, uh, <laughs> pile of, oh, was it macaroni or something underneath? And then the moon in the background. Uh, but also Eric and I have a little bit of history, uh, dear listeners. That's not the reason why he's on the show by any means, but, uh, it's just really great. Yeah. To see him prospering and thriving uh, with all these creative ideas. And as a creative person, Eric, I take it that Tattoo Stories was not really your first game. So could you go a little bit into, other than the research and all this, um, was it like the kind of mechanics uh, and the prototype that that brought you to this theme? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely not my first game. I think it uh, in the the you know chronology is probably my fifth or sixth design, um, and I uh, was actually that my other game Monstrosity um, that Danielle mentioned earlier. Um, they I actually designed them within like a week of each other. Uh, uh-huh. I got into this really big like drawing kick, um, and the reason um, I kind of stumbled across drawing games is I started looking at drawing games, um, and typically, you the thought behind drawing games is you want them to be obviously you want them to be fun for people who can't draw. 
you know, uh, because mm-hmm. people... Which is normally not the case. Anyone who doesn't draw does not like playing any drawing game. Sure, sure. Yeah, because, you know, the person who can draw really well wins, you know. So I, you know, I thought, OK, well, that's two problems for me. One, like I can't think of a game that is for people who can draw. Like if you can draw, you can really let that you know, let loose with your talents and your, and your, your abilities and, um, have that ability to, to shine. So that was one thing that I wanted to try to, to make a game, but then also make a game where there were other elements at play other than drawing. Um, so that's why tattoo stories and monstrosity are heavily, uh, communication based, uh, in tattoo stories, there's a big, uh, pitching component. You have to pitch your d- design. And so what you draw is really just like, um, a supporting document for your pitch. Uh, you're, you're, you're kind of explaining what you are going for and the points are rewarded based on your idea, not the execution of the idea. Um, Oh, I love that. And then in monstrosity, it's, uh, you're trying to, what, one person has seen a, a little creature card. Um, they have 20 seconds to memorize it and they put it face down and then they have two minutes to describe it to the best of their memory while everybody else kind of f- frantically tries to, to draw it um, uh, as if they're police sketch artists. Um, so everybody is yelling questions. The, the witness is, is yelling responses back. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to, to remember, but every question makes them remember less and less. And they're double, double thinking, you know, like, oh, does it have four arms or does it have five arms? Was that an arm or was it a tail? Um, and uh, so there's other things going on other than just drawing, which is, you know, for a lot of drawing games, you know, the, you know, the OG Pictionary is just a drawing game, you know, mm-hmm. like you draw a bicycle and either you can draw a bicycle or you can't draw a bicycle. Um, and so, yeah, that, those were my, uh, my motivations been like kind of, I, uh, was looking for a way to make a game that was really fun if you can draw, um, but also really fun if you can't draw, uh, because there's other stuff going on. Yeah. That's so great. It kind of, it flips it on its head where it has the actual skill put in the background and instead you kind of have the focus on these other narrative or storytelling elements which is what games are all about too you can recount you know these memorable crazy uh get up out of your chair moments where it's like oh man you know this tattoo has everything obviously uh, that i need but it does it in such a way and, and the way that this artist you know sold me on the idea to get it put on my back spread eagle across both <laughs> shoulder blades like that is exactly what we want i think in games those just crazy happenstances for sure yeah I can definitely say my other friend, Eric, who's like one of my best friends, he is obsessed with your game. And every time he comes over, (laughs) he wants to play your game and he wants to play Skull because he loves the pitching aspect. His drawings and the nicest way of saying complete crap, but (laughs) he has skills, are fantastic. Like he should be a salesperson. That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah, I've still never won this game and I'm actually a good drawer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I mean, I that's a huge compliment to be put in the same um, same tier as, as Skull. I love Skull. Um, but I think that um, to, to Ben, to your point, like you use the word skill and I I I think that in in the board game industry, we there are certain skills that are like, OK, to 
challenge people with, um, like analytical skills, uh, mathematics skills, um, you know, obviously, uh, strategic skills, even social deduction is mm-hmm. like lying and, you know, all yeah. those are fine. But as soon as you're like, Oh, this is a drawing game. People are like, Nope, you can't do that because <laughs> not everybody can draw or, you know, it's a, this is a dexterity game. Nope. You can't do that because some people aren't good at dexterity. Um, and nobody really says that when you're like, Oh, this game you know takes really really hardcore strategic skills you know people just call that a game you know so um and i i was yeah so i look for opportunities to kind of challenge that that mindset and um just the same way that you can get better at a strategy game the more you play tattoo stories you get better at pitching you get better at uh coming up with ways to combine these elements and the more mm-hmm. that you play monstrosity the better you get at describing the monsters and the better you get at asking questions that can help you draw it accurately based on the the witness's description so they're both learning experiences um and 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 growing experiences uh the same way that any other game is but um so I'm on, I'm on my party game soapbox here oh, heck <laughs> yeah I feel like uh but yeah uh just you know what you were just saying about uh, skills um they are different skills but they're still um you you have to find the the play in the skill you know mm-hmm. um the same way that you know uh, uh loveless and babbage is a is a a math game but you find the play in the math um and so that's that's the goal you nailed it (laughs) thank you so what did your initial prototype look like for the game then yeah so um i I basically i went to the dollar tree shout out dollar tree uh for all of all of your prototyping needs um i went to the dollar tree and bought like 10 dry erase boards. Um, and then I did uh, a bunch of research on um, like tattoo uh, history and tattoo culture and tattoo artists and um, tattoo uh, parlors and like reading message boards about, you know, what are the types of tattoos that everybody gets? What are the rarest kind of tattoos? What are the most stereotypical designs? I was reading like tattoo books to, you know, just I really immersed myself in the, in the, in the culture. And from that kind of made a list of like a hundred, 150, um, common objects or common types of things that people, uh, got. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just took it to a party. I took it to a game night and, you know, I, uh, at that point, my, my friends had played one decent game of mine and one not <laughs> decent game of mine. So this was, uh, I think this is the third game that I had them play and, um, and just uh, the rest of your future with them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and it went over really, really, really well. Um, and we still have pictures from that first night um, and and memories from from tattoos that people drew. And uh, yeah, we were, you know, laughing so hard we were crying. And I was like, all right, I got something, you know, <laughs> something's here. Um, and then it was refining the the prompts, um, refining the, you know, the time limit. Uh, there's uh, you know, for, for party games, a lot of the times you, you get like the core loop, um, of, of what you're asking players to do. And then the design part is, is, uh, refining it by like, you know, 
very minute degrees like you know oh it should be two minutes instead of three minutes or you know you should have six cards instead of five cards or whatever um so you know true. uh so yeah you know you again i'm gonna get <laughs> i'm gonna get off my soapbox <laughs> uh but you know i think there's that sometimes that um that belief of like oh you just put you know, 200 words on cards or whatever, and, and put some, some boards in a box. Uh, and there's, there's a lot more, um, it's like psychology and, uh, like logic behind why I chose the words I did and phrase them the way that I did. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that was, it went from, you know, Dollar Tree, um, and, and, uh, index cards with, with words written on them to, to, um, which what's in on Amazon and, and, and target now. So, uh, it's the, the components themselves, um, have, have gotten much, much nicer, but the core core spirit of the game has, has really shifted in, in kind of minute ways from that, that first experience, because the first experience was so, um, impactful. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It doesn't always work out that way. <laughs> oh, I agree with that. Yeah. I had many stinkers on that first try, but it's always yeah. good to try, try once. How did you feel when you opened up that finished box? Because, I mean, the quality for Tattoo Stories is amazing. I mean, the cover, it's so beautiful. It stands out on a shelf. How did you feel when you opened it up and you saw that it wasn't just index cards written on? Yeah. Oh, man. There's really no way to describe seeing a final product, like a a real game that that you've made. Um... I kind of saw things, um, the behind the scenes work piecemeal, uh, because I was working with a bicycle, uh, playing cards who, who published it. Um, after I sent my initial like files to them, here's all the words, here's all the prompts. We went kind of back and forth because they had questions like, why did you choose this word instead of this word? How boards did the, how big did the boards really need to be? You know, how many boards should there be? You know, we just kind of, they really wanted to know my decision process, not only because of that game specifically, but uh, my game was one of the first three um, that they launched with as a, as a board game company. They had been making playing cards for a hundred something years, but uh, they were just kind of uh, getting into this board game space. So they were really interested in like the design process and uh, wanting to make more party games. So um yeah. So going back and forth, I kind of knew some of the decisions that they were that they were doing. And, and uh, I knew the content, um, but I, I went to a New York Toy Fair and, uh, you know, kind of stopped by the booth. And uh, uh, one of the one of the people from Bicycle kind of pulled me aside and she was like, I can't I, I, this is you can't take a picture. Uh, you know, like we just have one copy that we got early from from the factory. And uh, and so she like took me back in, you know, one of those secret New York Toy Fair back rooms uh, and uh, showed me the box. And it, I again, I cannot describe how beautiful the the front of that box is like the, the first time I saw it, like they knocked it out of the park. I didn't, was not expecting anything close to um, what they did. And then that was all I saw. I, I only saw the, the front of the box and um, that, that was amazing. And then I got my, um, 
designer copies and actually got to open the boxes. And then I got to see the boards, these like cool little custom boards with the the logo on the back and they have the little um the little lettering uh up in the top left corner that's the little hashtag which was really smart (laughs) yeah the hashtag is super cool um uh uh, hashtag draw tattoo so uh, people can like post their tattoos on on uh, twitter and instagram and i go through um every week or so and like look at the hashtag um, and then uh, kind of comment on people's drawings that people, that's awesome. you know, like that. So um, that's a cool kind of interaction with the, with the fans and with the players. So um, yeah, I really, you know, just, I got, I got a uh, multiple surprises, you know, like I was surprised by the box and then I was surprised by the, the boards. And then, you know, I, I looked at the cards and uh, you know, obviously they're it's bicycle. So the card quality is, <laughs> is great. Um, and then, you know, the, you have to do like the market, marker test like are the markers good and do they erase and you know uh and that that worked well and you know i i still have my designer copies um that i've taken to a whole bunch of demos and and parties and stuff and they're still going strong so yeah they they really knocked it out of the park as far as the production which is really uh there's a lot of anxiety as a designer once you send that that file off um you know, really it's out of your hands, you know, as the, as the, uh, the publisher, they can completely change whatever they want. The theme, you know, the the core mechanics, like, you know, uh, the, the art style, you know, uh, so seeing it was a good surprise. (laughs) I'll put it, I'll put it that way. Sounds like it. Yeah. And it's totally, I mean, not to say paying off, but it has been just a grand adventure ever since that day. It sounds like now I would love for any listeners to put in the comments, maybe, yeah, like what kind of tattoo they would love to see Eric, uh, you know, have applied, uh, done onto himself in celebration. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we can get a little uh, chest or or stamp or something. Tattoo. No, clearly he's going to get the hashtag tattoo to himself. Yeah. Right on the forehead. forehead. Yeah. (laughs) That's like where it is on the top of the board. Uh, But (laughs) Harry Potter. (laughs) Yeah. That's branding. Perfect. Uh, everyone will know who you are, and and they should, Eric. Uh, so <laughs> we've been talking about yeah, working with bicycle for for quite a bit now. I just wanted to maybe rewind time a little bit and ask sure. how you got in touch with bicycle, and uh, when you did, was Target like the initial plan from the get go? Was that always on the table, or did that kind of evolve over time after you had signed with them? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I I met uh bicycle or uh a maria uh from from bicycle um at unpub which is a, a prototyping convention that is uh, held in in baltimore um uh, each year and i it, i kind of I, I met them in a flurry of demos um i uh, I kind of joked that I, I pitched to them on accident um because <laughs> yeah. there were just i i it was another day that was really uh, rewarding because of how well tattoo stories went over. Um, you know, like five people sat down to play and then we would just like, were cracking up. And then five more people were like, Oh, can we grab the seats as soon as they left? And uh, for like four hours, I did not have a break. People just oh. kept coming by the table and watching the yep. group before them play and then wanting to play. And it, um, somewhere in there, <laughs> uh, some of those people were publishers, uh, and, you know, I, I talk, I've, I've mentioned in other, um, in other, uh, podcasts about, you know, when you're, you're interacting with the people 
in general, just in life, you know, you treat them with respect and, and with enthusiasm about your game. And not only because anybody could be a publisher, you know, not everybody wears name tags and, and branded shirts and stuff, but um, also just because it's, it makes the, the, the table experience much better. If, if every interaction is, is you're really trying to, you're, you're like a DM or, you know, a GM, you're making the game as fun as it can be for your, your, um, your play testers. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's good for, for multiple reasons, but anyway, somewhere in there was, was Maria from bicycle. Um, and she, uh, connected, uh, with me after unpub. And, um, at this point they, uh, had had announced that they were making board games, but there wasn't a ton of news about it, I guess. And so at first I was like, is this real? You know, like, is, you know, is, is this some, some sort of scam? But I was, you know, I, I met her in person um, and I had an, an, an email address and, you know, I, the, the, it said on the website, there was a press release. So I, you know, I just said, you know, let's, let's see what happens. And uh, in, in conversations over the next few months while we, you know, negotiated contracts and did all the, the business stuff, um, they did say that, you know, they, they believed that it had retail potential, you know, which is, which is always, you know, what you, what you want to hear, especially for a party game. Um, oh, yeah. And so that was kind of like exciting, but you don't want to rely on it, you know, especially as this was uh, going to be one of my, my first games signed. I really just wanted it out, you know, <laughs> I wanted, if it's fine, if, you know, you make a thousand copies or whatever, and they just end up in, uh, you know, in, in, in hobby stores or, you know, I, we only sell them at cons or, or whatever. That's fine for me. Like as long as people are making art and having fun and being silly, like I, uh, I will feel successful in, in what I was trying to do. And so, to have it uh, over the next year, um, the the response has has been really cool. Um, uh, there's some like people on YouTube have have played it and you know gotten like sixty thousand hits or whatever for for just playing this game, which is Man. bananas to me. And um, and then g- getting the news that it was going to be in in Target is just uh, you know that's it's a I, I, a milestone as a as a designer um to, mm-hmm. to kind of have that on your your uh i guess your resume so um yeah it's re- really exciting so as far as working with bicycle i know you said you weren't 100 percent sure when you signed with them because you were one of the first games but how was it overall working with them especially now since you have worked with a few other publishers now mm-hmm. yeah it's it's been really great like i said they they really um interactive as far as the the process of uh, whittling down the prompts of really clarifying the rules um uh they in in the tattoo stories box the directions fit on like one little piece of paper um and that is not what i submitted to them <laughs> it's like a like somehow <laughs> an eight page document or something uh, oh that, re- that really over explained everything um and had like all kinds of variants and stuff and uh anyway uh they they really did a great job of kind of reining in some of that and and um getting at the the core experience and so that that, that part was neat. And, and then also working with a, with a publisher of that size and, and those connections um, is obviously um, beneficial because they already have relationships with, with retailers and, and those sorts of things. But um, they also have been great about um, just like 
asking me things as a designer. So um, and being being flexible for, uh, for, for example, things like um, getting me interviews at uh, like Gen Con, like the, the, when the game, I think the game first launched at Gen Con 2019. Uh, and they were like, how, how much do you want to be in the booth? How many interviews do you want us to set up for you? Like, do you want to do this on camera interview? Do you want to do this written interview? So it was never like, you have to do this. And we, you know, we want you on camera and all that kind of stuff. It was really what I was comfortable with. Um, mm-hmm. If I wanted to spend all day in the booth meeting people and, and stuff, then they were cool with that. If I had a whole bunch of pitches to do, they were fine with that. And um, so that sort of like flexibility and and getting to know me as a designer, um, I really, I really appreciated. That does sound really nice because I feel I haven't heard too many people talk about being put in front of screens or put on podcasts. Normally, I feel a lot of designers kind of reach out themselves or they know someone who happens to be running one of them. Right. So it's really nice to hear that they were trying to put you in front, especially as a new designer. I'm sure that really helped you in the future. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, it was definitely not something I was uh, prepared for. I, you know, I kind of came to, to Gen Con expecting to, to demo and, and you know, sling some sling some units. <laughs> um, uh, and as a, you know, as somebody who goes to a lot of conventions and, and Ben, I know you you work in booths a lot, too. Uh, you're you're well practiced at, at, at selling and and spending all day standing up, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, uh, selling games but um, so I was prepared to do that and then they were like oh by the way we have all of these opportunities would you want to do these and uh, I had to kind of uh, you know just strap in and um, you know uh, get used to being I was on like the the, the Gen Con official live stream, uh, like the, the first day or something, <laughs> I'd never done anything on camera before, like as a, as a, as a game designer. And I was, I was doing this like official Gen Con event it with like, oh, yeah. whole, like lights everywhere and the whole like studio. And yeah, it was, it was definitely an experience, but even, even I try to look for, um, and in, in these experiences, like what is the, what's what's the growth moment or what is like what's the what's the the positive like obviously it's terrifying and it's you know what if i say something wrong or or whatever um and obviously even if it's successful it's like oh cool there it got a lot of views or whatever but all that's kind of uh surface um i I try to look for what was unique about the experience and that Gen Con live stream was a really good example of a, of a moment that, that I'll, I'll remember as a designer because we went in and the host, you know, introduced the bicycle and introduced me. And then they said, tell us about tattoo stories. And we just gave them the boards, um, the host, and we played around like just live on camera, explained the rules and, and played on camera. We just like laughed and, and pitched the tattoos and, and, and played this game. And then that was the, the live stream. But then afterwards, the whole crew, like the host and the, the cameraman and the, the mixing board operator, they were all like, we never get to actually play the game. Uh (laughs) You know, people always just like explain that, you know, they move some pieces around and, you know, we have to really dig to say like, Oh, this is cool. And, and ask leading questions and stuff. Mm -hmm. But we just got to like, 
play the game and that was really fun and when is this game available and like yeah, so yeah. everybody in the room you know like instantly bought a copy um on the crew um and then i was able to give them a unique experience you know and that's that's really i come back to that that uh that that goal uh, over and over again kind of giving you something that um you maybe haven't felt before. So that was a really, a really rewarding moment. And it wouldn't have happened if, you know, Bicycle hadn't invited me into that room. So that's awesome that they set you up like that. I do have to ask because you have so many party games that are out. And I know a few of the ones that you've signed, is that your sweet spot? Are you trying to design outside of party games in the future? Yeah. uh, Trying is a good uh, way way to put it. (laughs) Um, I love party games. Um, I have, you know, Nerd Word Science is uh, a party game a word game, uh, kind of hybrid, uh, tattoo stories, monstrosity is a party game. Um, I have another one called everybody poops that should be coming out early next year. That's another right. party game. OG. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ben, you played, you played that one. And yeah, I just, I, there's something about physical experience you get playing a party game, like actually seeing people laugh or seeing people struggle to describe that word or seeing people cheer or whatever. And um, I love playing all types of games. You know, I love thinky games and, you know, chunky kind of uh you know i'm trying to dip my toe into the the euro uh (laughs) ocean um but when i'm designing it's so hard for me to feel something like other than oh that's interesting or oh that's a cool mechanic um but it's very yeah very uh just theoretical and 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 mental um unless it's something that's the I'm really bringing a theme to life with the mechanics, uh, then it's hard for me to stay interested because I, I don't, I'm not getting like a, the instant gratification. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Exactly, that laughter that, Oh my God, I can't believe this happened that you start talking about for a week. Exactly. Which you get in party games and typically not as much in others. Yeah. And I, again, when I, when I play, I love uh, reef or patchwork or whatever. And after I play it, I'm just like astounded at the design and the elegance. And this is brilliant. This is beautiful. This is brilliant. This is great. But like that is a it's a different experience. You know, it's like, I don't know, like steak versus candy or whatever. Like, you know, I I get you. Yeah, it's you know, it's a it's a whole a whole thing, a whole, you know, process to, to make the steak. And, you know, it can go wrong very easily. You can overcook it, you can undercook, you know, uh, whereas candy is just like, everybody loves candy, just eat some candy. And it's, you know, it's instantly great. And, uh, you know, um, so yeah, I, I am designing other things to, to answer your question. Um, I have, I'm working on a, um, it has been announced so I can, I can mention it. Um, the, the sequel to, um, Skull Hollow. Um, uh, the sequel is called Mall Peak. All right. Uh, I'm working on like a little uh, side project that is related to that. Um, that's a cool like little narrative experience. So um, very cool. Yeah, that one's really fun. Um, I have gotten to do some um, development work um, on some some more kind of traditional board games. I got to do some work on uh, Trekking the World, which is the sequel to Trekking the National Parks. Um, I actually just played that this weekend. Oh, you I did. Friends with Charlie. Yeah. Oh, that's. <laughs> Awesome. I got to see it back when it was a prototype. 
Yeah, I think we yeah you know, I think we talked I talked about that earlier. Um, I don't know I don't know. Yeah, he's actually gonna be on the show in a few episodes. So. Oh, Charlie! Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, you have to ask him ask him some questions about me and, and give him the opportunity to uh, <laughs> to talk badly about you on exactly a exactly. Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, just different experiences. Got to do some dev stuff. Got to do some writing. Uh, some kind of some world building stuff, and uh, kind of working on some co designs and. And, you know, Ben does a lot with the um, the the game crafter. I am, you know, always tempted by the game crafter contests, um, and so I've done a lot of different genres, a lot of different types of games uh, for those types of contests, dice games, and uh, trick taker, and 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 all kinds of stuff. So I, you know, I I dabble in other things, but for for whatever reason, I just. I tend, I just seem to be good at party games. Um, and it's, it, it's almost like when, you know, like a, a comedic actor does like a dramatic role, you know, you're like, I want to see it. I want to see Eric try something different, but like, <laughs> I also just, you know, <laughs> I want to play tattoo stories. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I think everyone wants to play tattoo stories. Yeah. Whether they know it or not. <laughs> Uh, you know, you kind of are already playing to your strengths and still dabbling a little bit in other areas, too. Uh, if there's one piece of advice uh, to a, a new coming designer, what would you tell them uh, about any part of your experience thus far? Uh, yeah, so I already mentioned the 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 persons, the, the people kind of skills side of this, you know, treating everybody that you meet with respect and uh, with with love and patience and um you know just just trying to make as many friends as you can um in this in this industry because it uh aside from just being a good person it really is an industry of people um like every aspect of it uh you know the games that i have signed were so far not because of like oh my my sell sheets or it, it won a contest um or anything like that they have they have been mostly because I, you know, happened to pull this prototype out at a party or, um, you know, an after after hours convention party or, you know, Charlie knew somebody who was looking for a specific game. And, uh, you know, he was like, oh, Eric has a game about poop and you know, <laughs> gave them my my uh, my email or something. It's it's people are very, very um, important. And then even outside of the business side, you know, working in, in a booth, you know, you're, you're constantly interacting with the public. You have to understand what people want and what makes people happy and, and kind of um, whether that's retail mass market people or hobby people, it's really a, an industry of, of, uh, of human connection. So um, really think about that. I also recommend as, as far as design, um, advice it's a kind of a, a a trite expression but you know make what you like you know make what you want to play um that's kind of has has served me well as i've, I've talked about earlier I, I i play a lot of party games i really enjoy party games um I, I play strategy games as well, but I tend to stick around with the prototypes that I enjoy, <clears throat> that I enjoy playing. You know, um, as a designer, you play a lot of like solo games. Uh, you play a lot of like, uh, like you have, you know, it's like, um, 
you know, you have, you're playing like different personalities. So you have like split personality or whatever, like, you know, all right, I'm going to, I have four people set out on this table, but I'm playing all four and this person's really aggressive and this person's really passive. And then, you know, and you try to like fake <laughs> yeah. play with all these fake people in a, in a party game, a party game design. I'm looking for all of those people to have fun, all of those like little fake personalities, but also where I can kind of just think about things that would be funny if they happened, you know, it was, it made me chuckle to think about these different tattoo designs. Um, I can, when I was uh, prototyping it, what well, tattoo stories, I would just randomly draw five cards and draw by myself and see what ridiculous things I could come up with. And that was really fun for me. So yeah, just, just making what you, what you enjoy. Um, you know, I, to circle back to what Danielle was mentioning earlier about these these themes that are underserved or underutilized, it's kind of like a, a double edged sword because on on one hand, fantasy sells, you know, like it, it just put some dragons on it, you know, <laughs> like it'll it'll do fine. Um, but on the other hand, like you can come up with something really unique, you know, like a, a game with tattoos or, you know, monster, the forensic sketch artist or uh, artichokes or, or whatever. Um, and kind of give, gives uh, something, something new, but in doing that, you kind of have to be prepared for that hard sell that Danielle was mentioning earlier, like, because you're not only maybe selling a new mechanic, you're also selling a, a new theme um, or a new way to play or a new a stretch for players, you know. And it there are games that are successes that we're trying to do that. You know, you look at things like even Magic Maze, um, you know, in the pitch for that. Uh, yeah, so we're in the shopping mall and <laughs> we're kind of going around, but it's a fantasy shopping mall and you can't talk and there's this wooden piece and you slam it on the table and you know like if, if you describe it it's like what if, is this you know <laughs> yeah. um but like in 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 the play of it you you see the unique aspects of it and 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 the fun of the of the kind of you know, the the experience that they're they're giving you so i'm sure that the designer of magic maze i'm sure that the designer of code names or you know these these unique games they probably were not signed by their first publisher you know some publisher was like well you know really it's just words on cards and you just say you know little and they pick two cards or whatever like you know <laughs> that doesn't seem really fun to me or you know oh I don't know about a co-op. You can't talk. That seems really frustrating for players and you have to kind of be prepared for the nose and listen for why it's a no, you know, if it's mechanics based, then those are some things to take note of. But if what they're having trouble with is the, the theme or the core experience, then you have a, a harder decision of whether to to stick to your guns and and say this is the experience i want to give players and you know find the publisher who also wants to give that experience you know that's that's what happened with um with deep water and and monstrosity monstrosity was with a another company uh previously and uh, they ended up not uh publishing it um they they signed it and then uh, they didn't end up publishing it they just things happened it wasn't for us it it wasn't the game we thought it was going to be, you know, just various different reasons. And, um, you know, I really thought like, oh, maybe I can tweak this and make it more gamey and make it more, 
strategy. And, you know, I thought about turning it into something it wasn't. And then I met Nolan and Jacob from, from Deepwater Games and we played Monstrosity and they just connected immediately. They saw what I was trying to do. They saw how people reacted to it at the table, really wanted to sign it like that night. <laughs> so um, awesome. There's plenty of fish in the sea, you know, and, and there's, uh, you know, I, I just caution you to um, chase the hotness, chase the mechanics that everybody's doing, you know, uh, try to force your game to be a fantasy game when it really wants to be about picking boogers or, you know, trading antique dolls or whatever, (laughs) whatever, Uh, you know, don't be afraid to be weird um, or don't be afraid to stick to your experience if it really is giving people something that's not out there. Looking forward to both of those coming out from you, Eric. (laughs) We do have a Hasbro game where you pull a booger and it's like this kids head pops off so it sells i mean i'm pretty i think it's like gooey louie or gooey louie or something yeah oh my gosh so eric in total for tattoo stories how long do you think it took from going inspiration to it actually getting published and being out there in the physical box oh man that's a really good question I think like three years. Um, I've been doing this for like uh, over five years now. I'm thinking I'm going closer to six at this point. Um, yeah. it, it just came out October, uh, I think, of last year. So it's been, yeah, I think it, it took about three years. Um, and, you know, all that time it was it was constantly pitching, uh, sending sell sheets, filming gameplay videos, entering it into contests. And I just kept kept getting no's, you know, like I kept getting either, you know, we're not looking for party games, which is fine. Or, um, we're, I'm getting like, people are not going to play this because it's a drawing game or, you know, people are, People are not going to want to draw person who draws best is always going to win or whatever. And, you know, I just kept going, kept going, kept trying. And, um, it was, like I said, being at a convention with people playing it, that you can see it comes through better, not on a sell sheet, <laughs> you know, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of the, <laughs> I the, totally get you. the hard things about, you know, cold calling publishers are, are, are just entering these things into, into, um, contests. Um, it, it's really hard to get across the fun in a silly game, you know, with just words and some, some still images of, of the components or whatever. So yeah, it was a lot of no's, Danielle, <laughs> a lot, a lot of no's. Um, I mean, that's good to hear though, that if you have an idea that you think is good, it really is finding not only the right publisher, because sometimes it's the right time also, because publishers will be backed up or maybe they aren't looking for a party game then, but like now every publisher seems to be looking for some kind of party game. Yes. Yeah. That is definitely a lot of people looking right now for, for party games, but yeah, I, it was three years. It felt like three years. You know, I, I would be lying if I said there were, there were not, uh, uh, several periods where I thought about stopping designing. Um, nothing was happening. And, you know, I just maybe my my philosophy of what this of what games can be isn't possible. Like maybe people don't want to play this party game like they're this drawing game. Or maybe people don't want to describe these aliens or maybe people don't want to, you know, 
XYZ. I, I, some, some people, you know, some, some designers and uh, some other people really just talked to me and, and talked to me about the time that it took them. You know, I talked to uh, Daryl Andrews and, and, um, and his, his wife um, about, like his his journey as a as a designer and you know he had as he when he was first starting out like a you know a period of not being able to sign anything and you don't think about that when you think about somebody like you know Eric Lang or or, or Daryl or, or something like that like that they get nose too you know like that <laughs> that they've everyone gets no <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you just assume that they just you know, roll out of bed and, and make, you know, blood rage or whatever. So it takes a long time. It's uh, very emotionally training, but, um, one of the, the good things about the, the hobby is that there is this avenue for uh, self-publishing. You know, if you really, if you get to the point where you know that it's either I'm going to quit designing cause nothing is ever happening or, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know if I can, do the hustle anymore. Then there's Kickstarter. There's the game crafter. There's ways to get your game out there to people. And there are plenty of games where that has turned into getting their game signed. You know, they got frustrated, they made a Kickstarter, it blew up and then they got signed by some massive company or they, they released it on the game crafter. It ended up, uh, I think this is like the captain is dead. Was, you know, <laughs> like uh, mm-hmm. a story like it was this, you know, this, this darling on uh, the game crafter. And then, you know, it's, it's like one of their more successful, um, more, more successful titles. So, you do have options if you if you get to that that breaking point and at, at a certain point you have to think about what what are your artistic goals how much financial sense does it <laughs> make for you to to keep going because it is a very expensive hobby it's expensive to to go to conventions and and stuff so it's not a, it's not an easy uh, an easy industry but no creative industry is, you know, music or, or art or acting or whatever. It's it's a lot of no's. So um, you got to just be prepared for that. Well, I just want to end by saying thank you so much for joining us. But where can people find you on social media or email? Anything you want to give out? That's a good uh, question. So I'm on Twitter, uh, most active on Twitter. Um, I'm at Slauson Designs. That's S-L-A-U-S-O-N Designs. And that's also my handle on um, Instagram, Uh, but I'm terrible at Instagram. I'm I'm trying to be better at it. Uh, But right now I don't have anything to take pictures of. So yeah, so I'm on both of those. I I am also pretty active on the uh, most of the Facebook groups, the um, Card and Board Game Designers Guild. The, there's a, a game crafter group uh, that, that that I'm in. Um, again, I don't do a lot of the contests as much anymore, just for time reasons. But I do love uh, kind of watching what people are, are entering and and working on there. Uh, so you know, I I am around Facebook um, as well, but mostly Twitter, second Instagram. Slauson Designs. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Game Design Unboxed, Inspiration to Publication, Episode 3, Tattoo Stories. And thanks again for joining us. I'm sure we'll have you on in the future again once you have a few more games. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Game Design Unboxed, Inspiration to Publication, Episode 3, Tattoo Stories. If you're looking to find me, you can find me on Facebook at DMR Creative Group, as well as Twitter at Creative DMR. And on Instagram 
at Token Gamer, and that's G-A-Y-M-E-R. And if you're looking for Ben, you can find him on Facebook as well, either under Ben Moy or under your friend Ben Moy. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we look forward to recording next time. Have a good one. This has been another episode of Game Design Unboxed, inspiration to publication. If you'd like to hear more great gaming podcasts, check out nodirectionpodcast.com. Join us next time.